part sixteen of selection from strange stories from a chinese studio volume one this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org a selection from strange stories from a chinese studio by pu song ling translated by herbert Aaron giles volume one part sixteen the magic sword read by vivian chen march two thousand eight in guangzhou china ning chai chen was a zhijiang man and a good-natured honorable fellow fond of telling people that he had only loved once happening to go to jinghua he took shelter in a temple to the north of the city very nice as far as ornamentation went but overgrown with grass taller than a man's head and evidently not so much frequented on either side were the priest's apartments the doors of which were ajar with the exception of a small room on the south side where the lock had a new appearance in the east corner he espied a group of bamboos growing over a large pool of water lilies in flower and being much pleased with the quiet of the place determined to remain more especially as the grand examiner being in the town all lodges had gone up in price so he roamed about waiting till the priest should return and in the evening a gentleman came and opened the door on the south side ning quickly met up to him and with a bow informed him of his desire there is no one here whose permission you need to ask replied the stranger i am only lodging here and if you don't object to the loneliness i shall be very pleased to have the benefit of your society ning was delighted and made himself a strawberry and put out a board for a table as if he intended to remain some time and that night by the beams of the clear bright moon they sat together in the brenda and talked the stranger's name was yin Chixia, and ning thought he was a student up for the probing soul examination only his dialect was not that of a zhijiang man on being asked he said he came from shenzi and there was an air of straightforwardness about all his remarks by and by when their conversation was exhausted they bade each other good night and went to bed but ning being in a strange place was quite unable to sleep and soon he heard sounds of voices from the room on the north side getting up he peeped through a window and saw in a small couch at the other side of a low wall a woman of about forty with an old maid servant in a long faded gown humpbacked and feeble-looking they were chatting by the light of the moon and the mistress said why doesn't xiao ching come she ought to be here by now replied the other she isn't offended with you is she asked the lady not there are no of answered the old servant but she seems to want you to get trouble 
such person don't deserve to be treated well said the other and she had hardly uttered this word when out came a young girl of seventeen or eighteen and very nice looking the old servant laughed and said ah don't talk of people behind their backs we were just mentioning you as you come without our hearing you but fortunately we were saying nothing bad about you and as far as that goes added she if i am a young fellow why i should certainly fall in love with you if you don't praise me replied the girl i'm sure i don't know who will and then the lady and the girl said something together and mr nim thinking they were the family next door turned around to sleep without paying further attention to them in a little while no sound was to be heard but as he was dropping off to sleep he perceived that somebody was in the room jumping up in great haste he found it was the young lady he had just seen and detecting at once that she was going to attempt to bewitch him sternly bade her be gone she then produced a lump of gold which he threw away and told her to go after it or he would call his friend so she had no alternative but to go muttering something about his heart being like iron or stone next day a young candidate for the examination came and lodged in the east room with his servant he however was killed that very night and his servant the night after the causes of both showing a small hole in the sole of the foot as you bought by a hole and from which little blood came no one knew who had committed this murders and when mr yin came home ning asked him what he thought about it yin replied that it was the work of evils but ning was a brave pharaoh and that didn't frighten him much in the middle of the night xiao qian appeared to him again and said i have seen many men but none with a still cold heart like yours you are an outright man and i will not attempt to deceive you i xiao qian whose family name is nie died when only eighteen and was buried alongside of this temple a devil then took possession of me and employed me to bewitch people by my beauty contrary to my inclination there is now nothing left in this temple to slot and i fear that ifs will be employed to kill you ning was very frightened at this and asked her what he should do sleep in the same room with mr yen replied she what asked yen cannot the spirit trouble yen he is a strange man she answered and they didn't like going near him ning then inquired how the spirits worked i bewitched people said xiao qian and then they bore a hole in the foot which renders the victim senseless and proceed to draw the blood which the devils drink another method is to tempt people by false gold the bones of some horrid demon and if they receive it 
their hearts and livers will be torn out if the method is used according to the circumstances ning thanked her and asked when he ought to be prepared to which she replied to-morrow night at the parting she wept and said i am about to sink into the great sea with no friendly soul at hand but your sense of duty is boundless and you can save me if you will clap my bones and bury them in some quiet spot i shall not again be subject to these misfortunes ning said he would do so and asked where she lay buried at the foot of the aspen tree on which there is a bird's nest replied she and passing out of the door disappeared the next day ning was afraid that yen might be going away somewhere and went over early to invite him across wine and food were produced towards noon and ning whom took care not to lose sight of yen then asked yen to remain there for the night yen declaimed on the ground that he liked being by himself but ning wouldn't hear any excuses and carry all yen's things to his own room so that he had no alternative but to consent however he won ning saying i know you are a gentleman and a man of honour if you see anything you don't quite understand i pray you not to be too inquisitive do not pray into my boxes or it might be the worse for both of us ning promised to attempt to what he said and by and by they most lie down to sleep and yen having placed his boxes on the window-sill was soon snoring loudly ning himself could not sleep and after some time he saw a figure moving stealthily outside at length approaching the window to peep through its eyes flashed like lightning and ning in a terrible fright was just upon the point of calling yen when something flew out of the bosses like a string of white silk and dashing against the window-sill returned at once to the box disappearing very much like lightning yen heard the noise and got up ning all the time pretend to be asleep in order to watch what happened the former then opened the box and took out something which he smelled and examined by the light of the moon it was dazzlingly white like crystal and about two inches in length by the width of an onion leaf in breadth he then wept it carefully and put it back in the broken box saying a bull-faced devil there to dare thus to break my box upon which he went back to bed but ning who was lost in astonishment arose and asked him what it all meant telling at the same time what himself had seen as you and i are good friends replied yen i won't make any secret of it the fact is i am a Taoist priest but for the window-sill the devil would have been killed as it is he is badly wounded ning asked him what it was he had there whipped at and he told him it was his sword on which he had spelled the presence of the devil at ning's request he produced the weapon a bright little miniature of a sword 
and from that time ning held his friend in higher esteem than ever next day he found traces of blood outside the window which led around to the north of the temple and there among a number of graves he discovered the aspen tree with the verse nest at its summit he then fulfilled his promise and prepared to go home yin giving him a farewell banquet and presenting him with an old leather case which he said contained a sword and working a distance from him all devils and bogies ning then wished to learn a little of yin's art but the latter replied that although he might accomplish this easily enough being as he was an outright man yet he was well off in life and not in a condition where it would be of any advantage to him ning then pretending that he had a younger sister buried here dug up xiao qian's bones and having wrapped them up in grave clothes hired a boat and set out on his way home on his arrival as his library looked towards the open country he made a grave harbour and buried the bones there sacrificing and invoking xiao qian as follows in pity for your lonely ghost i have placed your remains near my humble cottage where we shall be near each other and no devil would dare annoy you i pray you reject not my sacrifice poor though it be after this he was proceeding home when he suddenly heard himself addressed from behind the voice asking him not to hurry and turning around he beheld xiao qian who thanked him saying were i to die ten times for you i could not discharge my debt let me go home with you and wait upon your father and mother you will not repent it looking closely at her he observed that she had a beautiful complexion and feet as small as bamboo shoes being altogether much prettier now that he came to see her by daylight so they went together to his home and bade her to wait a while ning ran into to tell his mother to the very great surprise of the old lady now ning's wife had been ill for a long time and his mother advised him not to say a word about it to her for fear of frightening her in the middle of which in rushed xiao qian and threw herself on the ground before them this is the young lady said ning whereupon his mother in some alarm turned her attention to xiao qian who cried out a lonely orphan without brother or sister the object of your son's kindness and compassion best to be allowed to give her poor services as some return for the favours shown Nis's mother seeing that she was a nice pleasant-looking girl began to lose fear of her and replied madam the preference you show for my son is highly pleasant to an old body like myself but this is the only hope of our family and i heartily dare agree to his taking a double wife oh i have but one motive in what i ask answered xiao qian and if you have no faith in disembodied people then let me regard him as my brother and live under your protection serving you like a daughter ning's mother could not resist her straightforward manner 
and Xiao-Qian asked to be allowed to see Ning's wife, but this was denied on the plea that the lady was ill. Xiao-Qian then went to the kitchen and got ready the dinner, running about the place as if she had lived there all her life. Ning's mother was, however, much afraid of her, and would not let her sleep in the house. So Xiao-Qian went to the library, and was just entering when suddenly she fell back a few steps and began to walking hurriedly back forth and forwards in front of the door ning seeing this called out and asked her what it meant to which she replied the presence of that sort frightens me and that's why i could not accompany you on your way home ning at once understood her and hang out the sword case in another place whereupon she entered lighted a candle and sat down for some time she did not speak at length asking ning if he started at night or not for said she when i was little i used to repeat the leng yin zhi but now i have forgotten more than half and therefore i should like to borrow a copy and when you are at leisure in the evening you might hear me ning said he would and they sat silently there for some time, after which Xiao-Qian went away and took up her quarters elsewhere. Morning and night she waited on Ning's mother, bringing water for her to wash in, occupying herself with household matters, and endeavoring to please her in every way. In the evening before she went to bed, she would always go in and repeat a little of the straw and leave as soon as she thought ning was getting sleepy now the illness of ning's wife had given his mother a great deal of extra trouble more in fact than she was equal to but ever since xiao tian's arrival all this was changed and ning's mother felt kindly disposed to the girl in consequence gradually growing to regard her almost as her old child and forgetting quite that she was a spirit accordingly she didn't make her leave the house at night and xiao qian whom being a devil had not tasted meat or drink since her arrival now began at the end of six months to take a little thin grow mother and son alike become very fond of her and henceforth never mentioned what she really was neither were strangers able to detect the fact by and by ning's wife died and his mother secretly wished him to espouse xiao qian though she rather dreaded any unfortunate consequences that might arise this xiao qian perceived and seizing an opportunity said to ning's mother i have been with you for more than a year and you ought to know something of my disposition because i was unwilling to injure cheberus i followed your son hither there was no other motive and as your son had shown himself one of the best of men i would now remain with him for three years in order that he may obtain for me some mark of imperial approbation which will do me honour in the rhymes below Ning's mother knew that she meant no evil, but hesitated to put the family's hopes of a posterity into jeopardy. Xiao Qian, however, 
reassured her by saying that Ning would have three sons, and that I would not be interrupted by his marrying her. On the strength of this, the marriage was arranged to the great joy of Ning, a feast prepared, and friends and relatives invited. And when in response to a call, the bride herself came forth in her gay wedding dress, the beholders took her rather for fairy than for evil. After this, numbers of congratulatory presents were given by the various female members of the family, who vied with one another in making her acquaintance. And this Xiao Qian returned by gifts of printings of flowers, done by herself in which she was very skillful. The receivers, being extremely proud of such marks of her friendship, one day she was leaning at the window in a despondent mood, when suddenly she asked where the sawcase was. Oh, replied Ning, as you seemed afraid of it, I moved you elsewhere. I have now been so long under the influence of surrounding life, said Xiao Qian. That I should not be afraid of you any more. Let's hang it on the bed. Why so? asked Ning. For the last three days, explained she, I have been much agitated in mind, and I fear that that devil at the temple, angry at my escape, may come suddenly and carry me off. So Ning brought the sword case, and Xiao Qian, after examining it closely, remarked, Ah, this is where the magician puts people. I wondered how many were slain before it gets old and wound out as it is now. Even now when I look at it, my flesh creeps. The case was then hung up and next day removed to over the door. At night they sat out and watched. Xiao Qian warning Ning not to go to sleep. And suddenly, something fed down flopped like a bird. Xiao Qian, in a fright, got behind the curtain. But Ning looked at the thing and found it was a heap of darkness with glaring eyes and a bloody mouth coming straight to the door. Stealthily creeping up, it made a grab at the sword case and seemed about to tear it in pieces when BAM! The sword case became as big as a warzog and from it a devil protruded part of its body and dragged the imp in. Nothing more was heard, and the sword case resumed its original size. Ning was greatly alarmed, but Xiao Qian came out rejoicing and said, Ah, that's an end of my troubles. In the sword case they found only a few quarts of clear water, nothing else. After this immense, Ning took his daughter's degree, and Xiao Qian bought him a sum. He then took a concubine, and had one more sum by each, all of whom became in time distinguished men. Footnotes 1. He told him it was his sword. Every Taoist priest has a magic sword, corresponding to our magician's wand. 2. Bamboo suits, which were cut are a very good substitute for asparagus. Three, being a devil, had not tasted me or drink since her arrival. 
disembodied spirits are supposed to have no shadow and have but very little appetite for some are called imperial approbation such as are from time to time bestowed upon virtuous widows and wives filial sons and daughters and others this consist of some laudatory skull or tablet and are much prized by the family of the recipient five i have not been so long under the influence of surrounding life these disembodied spirits are unable to stand for any length of time the light and life of the upper world darkness and death being as it were necessary to their existence and comfort End of the magic sword